Hello, listener. You're tuned into New Game Plus, the internet's 99th leading gaming podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And your co-host, Antonio. And Antonio, you know, the year is winding down, but not just the year. The entire decade is winding down. The 2010s are ending, guys. It is time to have 2020 vision. Holy crap. That... <laughs> <laughs> man don't don't let the existential dread set in guys don't let it set in do don't not let it set in <laughs> oh, so man. what better way to forget the existential dread by looking towards the past <laughs> i had it's, to find a way to transition to our topic it's the it's the end of a decade of not just you know a bunch of a bunch of like you know life events and whatnot but it's also end of the decade of some pretty damn good games the 2010s were a really good year of games. We, you know, we saw the end of one generation and the launch of another. And we are like in a, probably like in like a, I don't want to say a golden era, but we're in a solid time to be a gamer right now. It's, it's funny because I actually was recently watching some videos about the, uh, the, the video game depression of like the 1980s. And I'm like, man, like we almost lost it. We almost wouldn't have had this. It's all thanks to Nintendo. Mm hmm. So yeah, so what me and Antonio are going to do today is we are going to go through each year from 2010 to 2018 and list off our favorite game of each year. And trust us, guys, this was not an easy list to make. It was it was definitely a ride. Like I, I there were some games here that I didn't even remember until I saw them like on the, the list of games on like Wikipedia and stuff for like games that were released during this year. Mm-hmm. And like you forget what comes out in what year. So just uh, so we clarify some things here, we are talking about game years for releases in the U.S. So obviously there's going to be some games that came out in like say Japan one year, but came here for us. It came the next year after that. So that's why we're going to count it as that year. Yeah. I know at least one of us has like has that situation going on. Oh yeah, absolutely. And for us, this is games we also played. Obviously, this is not we're not gonna you're not gonna try to bullshit you saying, "Oh, game, this game that came out, it's the best game of the year." Like, but well, I never played it, so every we played each one, every one of these games. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not gonna you know spoilers. I'm not gonna give like you know Call of Duty a game of the year because I I don't play Call of Duty. Sorry, this is my my favorite games that I played, and I only just recently started. So, <laughs> okay. So, with no further ado, we are going to go from 2010 to 2018. And I'm sure you're thinking, Dylan, you stupid fuck, you forgot about 2019. Well, guys, first of all, you guys are very rude. <laughs> first off, uh, well, at least you're adults and can say fuck. Yes. We're a, mature, we're a mature podcast. We're a mature podcast. We are saving that for a whole nother episode because we really need to take the time to really rank this shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, 2019 is getting its own top 10 list. Yeah. So let's start off with the from nine years ago, 2010. <laughs> what a time to be alive. So I'll go first. Mm -hmm. So my top game of 2010 has to be Red Dead Redemption. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you guys don't know me. Like, I love cowboy settings. I think it's something I kind of, I don't know why I'm nostalgic for in video games, but I just love it in video games. I just love exploring those types of worlds, the characters, the, the story beats. It's just something so fun about that. Rockstar just knocked it out of the park with this game. John Martin's story was so good. It played well. And pro 
probably one of the best endings in video games of all time. <laughs> like, I just, I, it's so good, I don't want to spoil it, even though it's like a nearly a 10 year old game. Mm-hmm. Soundtrack was amazing and probably one of Rockstar's best games of all time. And quick honorable mention because I'm going to say right now, every year for me has an honorable mention. Huge honorable mention to Halo Reach. Mm-hmm. Just want to mention that out there. All right, Antonio, what about you? Um, God, 20, 2010 was definitely one of the uh, years that I, I had to look at and I had to really try and narrow it down. Um, like, like this is actually one of the ones where I have like multiple honorable mentions, like, like, um, <laughs> you know, nine, 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 nine came out nine hours, nine persons, nine doors that, you know, that started me on the, like the escape room and the zero escape series persona three portable came out, which kickstarted my love of like, you know, of, of, of the persona franchise and fantasy star portable two started me out on like monster hunter likes and, and the grind quote unquote. But overall, my personal favorite of 2010 has to go to Fallout New Vegas. Oh my god, I feel so bad about leaving the out. That's the terrible thing about this list, guys. You 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 make your pick and you still feel bad. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, oh god, I forgot about this game. So tell me why Fallout New Vegas. Um, well, besides being set in the place that I've called my hometown for pretty much all of my life. Yeah, that's a big plus. The the game was just so cool. The story was fun. The the companions and the quests were, were badass. And DLC. Each yeah. of the DLCs were good. I I loved every single DLC. Like I think my least favorite was Dead Money, but my favorite one was absolutely um, the the Big Science Mountain. Yes. I lo- I loved that one. That was so fun. Um, but obsidian just knocked it out of the park and they made a better fallout than than bethesda yeah they made a better fallout than bethesda and then they did it again <laughs> <laughs> but 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 yeah no like a, a lot of it has to do with the fact that i just liked being able to be like oh yeah no i i know this place like and it actually is roughly in this location like wow they they actually kind of did their research this is neat Oh, so it's it's a very personal kind of touch for it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to 2011, where we're we we already kind of compared lists. This is probably going to be the only time we ever have overlap. Mm-hmm. So for my 2011 pick, it has to it has to go to Skyrim. <laughs> now, granted, this was before Skyrim was in literally everything. When it came out. Believe it or not, guys, Skyrim wasn't oversaturated as all felt. Skyrim was a premier game at, at the time. And, you know, it was still a Bethesda game. It was still kind of buggy, but... It was, but it, it was... It, it, it was such an immersive game, and for me, like, I tried um, Oblivion, and for some reason, it just never really clicked with me. I, looking back on it, I think it had to do with just the way it looked, the way the NPCs looked at you, just so dead-eyed and zoomed in. But with Skyrim, it was the first time I felt like I was in a world that was alive. Mm-hmm. NPCs would move as they're talking to you, they'd actually be working while talking to you. There would be the stuff would happen without you there. It was just so cool, and it just it, it was the first time also that 
I actually felt like I could do whatever the hell I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, oh, oh the, the quest marker is telling me to go there? Well, I'm going to go the completely opposite direction, and I'm going to join the Mages Guild. Because, fuck it. Mm -hmm. And again, kind of a big trend here. The soundtrack, ugh, so good. Mm -hmm. like, like, no exaggeration of the word. When Skyrim came out, it literally felt epic. It changed it, the game, literally. Mm-hmm. Like, because up until then, you had some open-world stuff, some some free-roaming open-world stuff. You know, you, you had, you know, Oblivion, the other Elder Scrolls. You had stuff like Fable and whatnot, but Skyrim was that world, you know, where it was all one big thing, and and you were just a really powerful person in it, but you weren't, like, the driving force of the world, if that makes sense. Yeah. They were other forces doing their own thing, and you didn't necessarily have to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. It felt awesome. It felt like an MMO without the actual online part. Until Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to you, Antonio. Um, honestly... Uh, yeah, I have to agree with you here. Like, I, I really did try to avoid overlap, but nothing beats the wonder of of like of just Skyrim in general. Like, at least your first playthrough of Skyrim. Yeah, you know, it it is definitely something. Um, it, it's it's a wonder that like it, it's that kind of like childlike wonder where it's like. I want to see what's in this cave or I want to see what's in this thing, but you don't have to worry about like getting in trouble or getting hurt. Cause it's just your character. What you know, happens if can... I mess with this giant? Oh God, I'm in the air. Yeah. It's like, Oh, why am I ragdolling? And then you're laughing. Cause you get sent like 70 miles across the map. It's <laughs> funny. It made for some great compilations like Bethesda glitches. That's for sure. Yeah. But that's not to say that obviously like, just because we both said Skyrim doesn't mean there aren't really good games. Big shout outs to the sequel to a legendary franchise, Portal 2. It is also weird how we put, both put this as our honorable mention. Are you serious? Yes, it's my honorable mention too. Oh my god. <laughs> that is weird. Oh, dude, Portal, Portal 1 was already a trip and Portal 2 with, was just with its characters, with the puzzles... The, the wit, like it, it's like it never dropped a beat. It's like it, if you if you played Portal One and then went straight into Portal Two, you wouldn't like like there there wouldn't be any shift in humor. It was it's still the same. It was like a, probably one of the best examples of a sequel, like really going far and beyond its original game. Yeah, where it uses the base as an inspiration, fixes what people had uh, some complaints about but also builds upon its strengths. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why it, we both think it deserves an honorable mention. Absolutely. All right, let's go on to 2012, the supposed end of the world. Remember when that was a thing? Oh, God, yeah. I remember having a New Year's party. <laughs> and just All being right. like, yep. So for my 2012 game, it has to go to a game that I instantly fell in love with the moment i played it and that is xcom enemy unknown oh yeah so if, if you if you're familiar with like my streams on my like previous work you know that i am an absolute fanatic 
for XCOM. Like, I lost so many hours to this game. Just, you know, trying to make sure my soldiers stay alive, building my base, researching weapons. It's such a time sink. But even though the gameplay loop is so, you know, like, it's a very basic loop, you keep on going like, oh, you know what, I'll do one more mission. Oh, I'll do one more mission. Next thing you know, it's dawn and you realize, oh shit, I just wasted my entire night. No, I didn't waste my entire night. I just spent my entire night playing this game. Mm -hmm. it. Exactly. And like, it's it's entertaining to, see, to hear some of the stories that come out of XCOM. I never played it myself. Um, just because the difficulty curve is definitely there. It is. But it was, it was fun to watch people kind of not just like treat it like a like a game but they treated it like a full story like like they would get their characters they would give them backstories and they would yep. write a little saga connecting the missions together like it that is super cool if you're familiar with nuzlocke this is that yeah i mean it pretty much is it's like nuzlocke meets meets fire emblem a little bit yeah holy crap and yeah you're right People create their there is a there is an actual story to the game, but people create their own stories just based on what happens in their playthrough, and that's amazing because everyone's different. Everyone has their own war stories. Yeah, exactly. And for me, an honorable mention has to go to Persona 4 Golden. It was mm -hmm. my my first Persona game, and I knew I had to, it was on my brand new Vita, and I thought, eh, what's the one game I should probably get first? And it was Persona 4 Golden. That was the game I broke my Vita on. Nice. And I've been a fan ever since. And you were saying, and oh, and to those of you saying, oh, but you never played Persona One and Two, so you know, I never found. Shut up, <laughs> man. Uh, we get it, okay? Persona <laughs> One and Two were games; they exist. I played, <laughs> they I played Innocent Sin, right? Give me a remaster with a little bit better controls, and then we'll talk. Yeah, just because they're old. There's a reason why three, three and four are the ones that people like are always in on first. <laughs> Honestly, real talk though, like don't play like like sorry to like 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 divert a little bit but don't play don't play persona 3 on ps2 just oh do the ps3 version because i didn't realize this at the time but persona 3 for ps2 didn't give you ai controls nope you were at the mercy of of the computers and god were they dumb yeah <laughs> all right so 2012 antonio 2012 look back seven of, years ago a lot of really good games um the sequel to 999 came out then virtue's last reward very special a pattern here um honestly like there's kind of a pattern but also kind of not because like this was also my first foray into an actual shooter because borderlands Whoa. 2 came out in 2012 as well oh and that was my first borderlands and i ate it up i loved being zero i loved being the sniper i realized that that's like like this was a shooter that i could play and have fun with because the humor was funny the characters were cool the art aesthetic was really nice mm -hmm. it, it was just fun but beyond all of that there is still a gem that i remember being curious about because i hadn't seen a game like it before and so i picked it up on a whim and it made me think why hasn't anybody ever done a game like this before Gravity Rush. Oh, another Vita classic. I loved Gravity Rush so much. Like, if anybody ever comes up to me and just mentions Gravity Rush, 
I will like always freak out because I feel like it was like one of those, it was one of the games that like if you had a Vita, you definitely should have given a shot. Um, but you nobody really knew outside of the Vita. Like it was, it was a very, very cult game. But it was so cool. Just I remember, I remember just flying around the town, just like controlling gravity and just manipulating it in little ways, so I could just zoom around town the way that I want. And it, it just, it felt. Once you get a got a hold of the controls, you felt like like the master of reality because you could just control gravity around you. You could fly essentially just without any trouble, and it was it was just so empowering and so fantastic that like i i can i could never forget it mm-hmm. okay let's go on to 2013 for me my game of 2013 has to probably go to another rockstar game and it's one that people were waiting for for a long time and that's Grand mm-hmm. Theft Auto 5. Grand Theft Auto 5. So, nice. yeah. First of all, it was the, you know, one, it had three protagonists, all of whom were completely different. Mm-hmm. You had, you had, you had Frank. Oh God, I'm just gonna, hold on, I gotta look this up again. Because <laughs> the one that everyone remembers is got it. Everyone obviously remembers Trevor the most. Because mm-hmm. he was the craziest bastard. Is- but, uh, is it Nico? Was Nico in five? That, that, that's four. That's four. Nico, four Nico was four. Okay, hold on. Uh, Michael, Trevor. Oh, shit. Yeah, Michael, Trevor, and... Uh, I why am I... Franklin. God damn. <laughs> I that so, Michael, Trevor, and Franklin. All... Very different characters, all with different who are different archetypes. Mm-hmm. It, it meshes together so well. So, and not only that, the world at the time it was huge. It, mm-hmm. Los Santos is a big game. It's a big city, and again, just like Skyrim and uh, before that, it felt alive. Isn't um isn't GTA Five the one that people uh? Like still role play on now, or is that GTA Online? Is that is that different? Okay, so funny thing about that is like GTA Online like is uh, came out after the launch of GTA Five. Oh. Yeah, they they tried to have it on day of, but they you know they obviously couldn't, so they added that as a like a as a free add on later on. Oh, and okay. yes, you, you cannot deny, and that's the reason why GTA Five is still played to this day because that online was so robust, and people found ways to to have so much. It, it really gave the players the freedom to do whatever the hell they wanted. Mm-hmm. Especially GTA Five role playing. That is the funnest thing to watch nowadays. I I know. Oh, I feel so bad. I got into a server, but I just never found the time to really get into it. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, it took me a while to get accepted that. It, it takes some dedication to really like commit to a, a GTA Five roleplay. Mm-hmm. But the the heists were so innovative, especially with how they let you plan out the heist, how you want to go. Like mm-hmm. he, he gave the option like, oh, he gave, added some replay. Like, oh, I want to try doing this this time, or I want to try doing that that time. And yeah, it and was just like, hey, go ahead. It it already felt 
like like solo it already felt like kind of like your own little oceans 11 movie but when you added in the online aspect to that like and you're actually communicating with people because uh, i'm kind of i'm kind of adding in the yeah. online aspect to that because that's part of what made gta 5 really really blow up yeah um but like just just planning like i've i've watched other people stream gta 5 that has spent like 30 minutes at least planning out a heist and it's like and then they and then they they perform it and it's like just 10 minutes of just clean action and it's just so smooth yeah i i think i put that on the list because of what it became after that also because it became like the ultimate sandbox game mm-hmm and uh, huge another honorable mention to The Last of Us, because it's hard not to at least mention that game. Yeah, that was. It's definitely for me when when I think of a, a zombie game, like The Last of One, The Last of Us is definitely up there. All right, what about you? Um, twenty thirteen was a year where I realized I didn't really game much. <laughs> I, I mean, everyone has that lull. I was. I was this was i was busy with college essentially mm-hmm. so like the next couple of years were a little bit sparse for games that i played so i didn't really have much of a selection to go around but um my honorable mention is to a game that introduced me to a franchise that now i really really do love even though it sometimes has its sour spots <laughs> fire emblem awakening ah I Fire Emblem, I am I am one of those people who got into Fire Emblem because of Awakening and I know I really need to play 7. I need to play the older ones cuz they're really really good and I know they are. Um you're not a real fan. You're not a real yeah, I'm whatever. I something <laughs> have my fucking waifus, okay? I I I loved Awakening so much. It was it was just immersive enough. I actually liked that you weren't technically the protagonist. I I liked that this game actually went ahead and made you an assistant character. Mm-hmm. Like you were like you still obviously had a role in the plot, but you weren't like oh this this hero prince or you know this, this nobility. You were just this tactician. You're just having a new no like tactics. So they made you the tactician of the army. That's how that's how you do. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm digging this. And I liked seeing the characters around me, their stories unfold. And and I realized like that's this was this nice mix of tactics and like visual novel characterization that I wanted, which is what I really wanted with some of the sequels. Fates did not deliver on that, but Three Houses absolutely did. <laughs> um but no, as much as I love Fire Emblem Awakening, I have to give it to the game that I have talked your ear off for many an episode. <laughs> Final At Fantasy XIV, three. A Realm Reborn. Yes. So uh, I, I got. Was, it, I had to be reminded, like, yeah, that was when Final Fantasy fourteen uh, really, like, just revamped himself and brought itself back from the dead. Yes, specifically, A Realm Reborn 2.0 was launched in... 2013 and i think i learned about it around the end of 2013 and my friend like my friend was constantly talking about 
you know, end game this and and tombstones that and all these terms that like, you know, made my eyes glaze over. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, but I, like at, at that point, I was in between MMOs. I had just recently dropped one and I'm like, I, I don't know about a subscription based MMO. What if I don't like it or whatever? But I finally went ahead and buckled down when I heard a couple of my friends were playing it. And that was it. I I was sold from like the first couple of quests. I'm like, I love this. And while I've taken some hiatuses every now and again, when other come out or I've gotten busy with other stuff, I, it's heartwarming to know that I can still boot up 14. I can log on. And literally the only guild that I have ever been with, which are friends of us, uh, local friends, and also friends that we've just met in game, they're still there. And wow. we're all just playing the game together. And, and that sense of community is just, that is the reason why I've stayed there for so long. I mean, well said. Like, yeah, I, I, I again, I've said it multiple times. I am very envious of everyone who, like, who's so in deep in Final Fantasy XIV. I wish I could. I wish I could, like, be into it. I wish I can actually, like, enjoy playing the game. I just don't. But I get you, it. You've given it an honest try, though. You can at least <laughs> say that. Yeah. You have tried. And you know what? That's some people. MMOs just aren't their thing. It doesn't yep. click with them. And there's yep. nothing wrong with that. This coming from the guy who spent two days playing building roads in Death Stranding. Again, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Again, <laughs> there's there's a difference between liking like an MMO grind and like like a smaller grinding loop, like you mentioned before, with, with XCOM or with Death Stranding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, uh, Ashley was like giving me so much. She's like, wait, you enjoyed that, but you can't do it. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to argue that you like put your own little like spit on it like it may not be much but like in your head yeah like you're imagining it as something far greater like you're actually building the world yeah all right let us move on to 2014 all right so I'm gonna start off with the honorable mention here uh, I want to give mm -hmm. a quick honorable mention to Dragon Age Inquisition mm -hmm. so. It's a fantastic end to the original Dragon Age series. It really tied up every loose end. It played fantastically. The world was gorgeous. And I hate to say it, it was Bioware's last real good game. Mm -hmm. Come at me if you disagree, but uh, ever since then, I just... I got I, a word for you for counter. Uh, Anthem. Literally, all of Anthem. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I was glad to spend the five bucks on that game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I, I felt like I couldn't put it as my game of the year 2014 because this, this game had one of the, one, first of all, another great soundtrack, a absolutely beautiful art style, a combat system that was very intuitive and was easy to do, but really, like, once you're in it, you're in it. And this game is. Transistor. 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 Mm. Transistor. From the makers of Bastion. From the makers of Bastion. Hello, games. Wow. Just. Like, it was. This was the game that sold me on a PS4. Really? 
Yes. Transistor sold you on a PS4. It definitely helped. Let's just say that. Uh, this is like I think this is like one of the first games I got when I got my PS4, which was around this year actually. And I just I fell in love like from the moment I pressed start because it it hit every aesthetic like thing I like the art art deco art style the the um, like sta um, bandstand music it, it was just so good and then the combat which I thought was gonna be like hack and slash was a lot more tactical than I thought and it really made me think and then you get into the lore and the world and of Transistor and that just sucks you in. It does. And I loved it so much, I actually did buy a small doll of red when they, from the game company when they first released this. It was like, it was like the first game merch I ever really bought. Dude, that's, that's like a collector's item. Like, Is it? Real, real talk, I think it might be. Oh fuck, I wish I didn't take it out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you display that thing proudly. But I kept the box, so... You can put it back in. Yeah. So yeah, Transistor, this indie game that could, is my game of the year of 2014. Mm -hmm. Moving on. So yeah, this this is definitely the low point in my video gaming career. I like played almost nothing major in 2014 that was released in 2014. I think 2014 was me playing a lot of stuff in my backlog. In 2013. So, the only game in 2014 that I really played, and thus the only game that I can kind of really give game, <laughs> my game of the year to, even though it does deserve it, is Super Smash Brothers for 3DS and Wii U. Winner by default. Winner by default. It's, hey, the best it still two works syllables in the world. Default, <laughs> default, default. Except on loans. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but no, like, like it was. Like at, at its time, it was revolutionary. It was like, you're telling me that I can bring Smash with me, and I don't have to lug a console around. I, I just I can play it on my 3DS. I can connect people on on ad hoc. Yeah, the, you know it's ad hoc connection, wireless, blah blah blah. But it was no longer, hey, do you want to hang out and play Smash? Oh yeah, no, let me let me bring my Wii and let me set that up and bring all the composite cable and cables and HDMI or whatever. Let me set that up. Oh, and then, of course, we gotta make sure everybody has a GameCube controller, because everybody plays with GameCube. Whatever. Okay, I get it. Whatever. I play with the Wii U pad, I don't care. <laughs> wow. Like, I'll, I'll have my, like, I'll the, have my like the actual gamepad or not? I'll, I'll play with the actual gamepad. That's my own television screen to watch the action. Hell yeah. <laughs> Consider that an advantage. But, uh... I mean, I only play my 3DS connected to the Wii U, thank you very much. Yeah. But like, like, or yeah, or you could just instead of using the, the 3DS as the actual game, you could actually use it as a controller for the Wii U version. That was really cool. A uh, feature they never used again. Never used again. Like it makes me a little sad. But, but, like at its time, just being able to just like like everyone was just calling it Smash Portable, and that was like the thing. Mm -hmm. like, not a lot of people did it. But at least for like you know, the more casual crowd, just being able to, I remember going to conventions and just sitting down and just, there'd be a bunch of other people, they'd have their 3DSs out and I'd just walk over and be like, hey, you guys playing Smash? And they're like, yeah, you wanna join in? Yeah, and then they just open it up and pop in and there you go. And let's also talk about like the gameplay itself. Like to me, 
Smash felt like the balance between Brawl and Melee. Yes, it was not like... It's funny, because I actually recently went back and I played Brawl and I played 64. Like, like we had a whole get-together and like they were having a, a Smash party, essentially celebrating Smash from 64 all the way to now. Back in the day, I didn't think Brawl was like really bad, but hot damn, Brawl is really slow. Yes, it is. Comparatively, um, I do think that Smash for Wii U was more my favorite pace, mm. just a little bit faster, but not as like slow and floaty. Um, I'd still need to get used to Smash Ultimate's speed up, um, but it is still fun. But but in comparative compared to its immediate predecessor, uh, Smash Four was just. Uh, this wonderful combination of of convenience of like of technicality and uh, most importantly fun yep it it really was like a return to form for smash mm-hmm. all right and we will be back with the rest of the decade right afterward from our sponsors and we would also like to thank one of our major supporters, Gamer vs. Taylor. Gamer vs. Taylor is Las Vegas' first ever school of cosplay and costume craft, offering one-on-one sessions, project parties, and specialty workshops. The team over at Gamer vs. Taylor take pride in helping fellow cosplayers of all skill levels, whether it's fabric, accessories, wigs, or makeup, Gamer vs. Taylor has your back. Not only that, but they also run stream races on their Twitch channel, where one member of the team works to finish a game before another member can complete a cosplay related to that game. You can find them at twitch.tv slash gamer versus Taylor. That's gamer vs Taylor, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Also gamer versus Taylor. And, and if you're interested in a cosplay aspect in the cosplay aspect, log on to Gamer vs. Taylor for their address. Well, it's to book a session of your own. Gamer versus Taylor. What will you create today? All right. And we are going on the home stretch because we are at 2015. So my 2015 game is, or, okay, you know what? Again, I'm going to start with the honorable mention, Watch Dogs 2. <laughs> Remember when yeah. we said, uh, talked about sequels that, like, really go far and beyond the original? Watch Dogs 2 did that and more. Watch Dogs 2 smashed the original. Because I was on that high train for Watch Dogs 1, and then I played it. And I thought, this sucks. It this was is- a resounding meh. Eh? Yeah, it was a resounding <laughs> meh. All that hype, all that uh, like excitement, and it, all those delays, and we got meh. Eh. Okay, I guess. But then we got Watch Dogs 2, and that gave that game something it needed so badly. Personality. Mm-hmm. First of all, Marcus is one of my most favorite protagonists of the recent gaming years. San Francisco was a great location because I was familiar with it. Again, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just, I like was visited a lot as a kid. And I, I got to say, like it took the themes of Watch Dogs 1. It, it, it continued them, but it didn't hammer in the point to you like oh technology can be overtaking our lives well yeah but it also does some a lot of cool shit mm-hmm. 
And I really appreciated it for that. So yeah, it's like that, you know, oh, technology is, is, is controlling our lives. As you say to the person who is playing your game completely on that kind of advanced technology. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the game I got to give it to, and it's the game I have over 150 hours in. Okay, shocker, guys, it's XCOM 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, again, sequels that do way and be- go way far beyond the original. XCOM 2 absolutely did that. And that's not to say XCOM 1 was bad, obviously. Mm-hmm. But XCOM 2 added so much to the game. It gave it a grittier story where it, it actually goes with the route that humanity lost the war. Mm-hmm. And it was, and and you're now part of a resistance force, and that rarely ever really happens when it comes to a sequel. Usually, they go with the they go with the happy ending, but no, they went with the shit ending. Like, you know, humanity fucked up. But in terms of story, it was a great way to do it because, you know, at the end of XCOM, you're you know you have all these powered soldiers and mm-hmm. all these advanced weaponry. How are you going to like tie that back into the world? If there's going to be a sequel, do you have to just write a new world? It's like, no, they they went continuous with it. Yep. And it was it was really impressive. Mm-hmm. And okay, so they added new mechanics to the game. They made the base building a lot more streamlined because you're literally just in one ship. <laughs> that that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're building you're like make you're making connections with different colonies. It was just again, and also it just it added a better chance to really create your own story. Mm-hmm. That did it so much better. Like, I, I again, I don't know what it is about the XCOM series that just gives you a chance. I wish, like my first play through that game, I wrote everything down and make a story out of that. And mm-hmm. I might actually revisit that one of these days. Like, go full on. Like, okay, this is going to be a story here. <laughs> but I mean, it's been like four years. It has, you but could, you could stream it. I could stream it. I have streamed it multiple times in the past. So <laughs> you could name it. You could name characters after after chat members, and then you could kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep you alive, buddy. Don't worry. Our Jesus I, might have other plans. Yeah, you, you, it's not my fault. You missed a ninety-nine percent shots. <laughs> Point blank with a shotgun. Then <laughs> mm. that's. Mm, that's something I hope they really fix with XCOM 3. Mm. <laughs> like, like if it's 99, give me 99%, guys. Mm. Come on. <laughs> All right. Um, but that's it for 20... Oh, I fucked up. What? Did you use the wrong year? I used the wrong year. I went to 2016. Okay. Well, what's your 2015? It's too late. Sorry, recording. What's your 2015? <laughs> Come on. My 2015 is Bloodborne. <laughs> hey, that was... that's also still a really good game, though. Like, it is like a really of, good out game. Of the, out of the Soulsborne series, I and I haven't played any of the Soulsborne series. I've only watched them. But if I was to get into it, it would definitely be because of Bloodborne, because I liked the faster-placed gameplay. Mm-hmm. And you nailed it on the head here. So I have, like, at the very least, touched every single Dark uh, Souls game. Mm. And I'll, I I do like them. They're fun to play, but I, for some reason, I just never could bring myself to complete any of them. But with Bloodborne, it was a different story. Combat is what kept me going because it was so reactive. Um, 
it it rewarded risk more than Dark Souls. Dark Souls kind of rewarded playing it safe. Here, mm-hmm. like it's telling you, go for it. Go for like the um, backsteps. Go for the parries. And it and if you, if you got that timing down, you were a fucking god. Mm-hmm. And that and that particular style of gameplay carries over to the more I would say fast-paced Soulsborne games like like Sekiro. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And also, I want to talk. And it had also the most like I don't know how to describe this. I want to say the most coherent story of any of the Souls games, mm-hmm. because with the Souls games, like there's a story, but it never really told you what was going on. You had to kind of infer it from like item descriptions or dialogue. Souls mm-hmm. with the Bloodborne, you kind of see what was happening just by what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Like your actions kind of told the story, and I absolutely loved how I thought I was getting you know Bram Stoker classic horror stuff. And all of a sudden, I got HP Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Like that was a great twist, and I, I will never forget it for that. So, yeah, 2015, going back a year. God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm, don't worry, I got, you, I got your two yeah, years. You're, you're gonna go, you're gonna go twice. Save me from this. <laughs> so worry. yeah, my my game of 2015 is Bloodborne, and I was. You guys already heard my 2016 games. Yeah, XCOM 2, Electric Boogaloo. Mm. Okay, Antonio. What's All your right. 2015 game? So my honorable mention has to go to a game that got me into a genre that, again, I never really thought I would get into. Just like Borderlands 2 got me into just FPSs in general, Splatoon got me into competitive shooters and team-based shooters. Ooh. It was... A game that I like, I, I would watch the the ads and the gameplay for it, and I'm like, oh, so it's like it's like it's a team based shooter, but I could I don't have to worry about getting kills if I'm painting the floor, then I'm I'm doing good, so I don't have to be all like MLG three sixty no scope. I can I can help in my own way as long as I don't die a lot, and and just. I didn't expect the world to be so colorful and vibrant. I didn't expect the world to be as deep as Nintendo made it. And I also didn't expect it to be as dark as, as it ended up being because beneath the flashy, like nineties, totally radical exterior of the world of Splatoon, you slowly realize um, during the campaign, if you collect some of these like, hidden like scrolls that give you like a small blippet of information you realize that the place that they're on is earth like 10,000 years in the future after all the polar ice caps have flooded and all of humanity's dead <laughs> in the year 3000 yeah you know squid squid kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah humanity's dead on oh, god it rocks <laughs> Don't let that dread set in. <laughs> yeah, don't let that. Don't let the dread set in. Oh my god! But it, like, seriously, like, like the soundtrack was fun. The I, I feel like that's a big theme. Like for for both you and me, like a good soundtrack can really elevate a game from just good to great. Absolutely. Um, yes, yeah, Splatoon was good, uh, but I have to give it to the game that punched me in the goddamn gut. <laughs> And left me just 
wondering about I let the ex- I let the existential dread set in for just a little bit. <laughs> Toby Fox's Undertale. Oh man, that game came out three years ago. Yeah, that game came out three years ago. Toby Fox, the creator of Undertale, is now working for Nintendo. He has worked on Little Town and Sands is in Smash. And also, if in case you didn't know, uh, Toby also composed a song that is used in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Now you've went into huge detail about Undertale and like our most influential. Was it our most influential games? Yes. Yeah. So if you really want to hear Antonio like gush about why he loves that game, listen to that episode because you really said it there. But uh, yeah, like like to 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 surmise that like this was a game that touted itself as nobody needs to die. You can play this game and not have to kill any monsters or not do anything and actually you were encouraged not to because doing so being a pacifist lets you see a completely different side to this monster world and as you go on you start realizing what the actual problem is and and by not killing you still try and solve people's problems and it really in a way it humanizes these monsters but it doesn't make them seem human it just makes them seem genuine they're still monsters and they're fine being called monsters because that's who they are but they're okay with it but they just want to be they just want to live they're Mm -hmm. not out to hurt anybody they're not out to to kill anyone they just want to live and whether you do the pacifist or you do the genocide route or whatever, like the game, one, it, it remembers your choices and it's very, it's very, very meta, especially near the end. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's such a powerful game. And plus the fact that it, it is part bullet hell, you know, always grabbed my interest because I like Don Maku just a little bit, <laughs> even though I'm not the best at it. All right, and since I double had a double dip, what is your 2016 game? Night number nine. Wait, what? 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 <laughs> I thought I fucked up. Hold on, what the hell? I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for. Okay, thank God. I'm kidding. I'm I like, kidding. I, like Antonio, I think I think we need we need to rethink this partnership. <laughs> All right, and that's the end of his uh, tenure. <laughs> yep. He's fired for having no taste. <laughs> I had to, man. I saw that on the list, and I'm just like, "That's a oh, that's right." That game came out on literally every console. I never played it, <laughs> so we will probably never do a worst games of each whatever because we tend to not play bad games. Because <laughs> why would we? Well, I mean, I didn't play this game, but it's not gonna. That's not gonna keep me from putting it on like the worst yeah. game of 2016. But I can guarantee that would have been on the list. At the very least, biggest disappointment. You're talking. You're talking to a backer over here, a like Oof. day two backer. What did you end up getting it for? Uh, I ended up getting it for 3ds. Yeah, I never redeemed that code <laughs> or anything. Like I just like here's your code, and I'm just like thanks. I'm going to play my actual games that I like, like, uh, I don't know, Final Fantasy 15 or 
the game that actually was my game of the year because like th- this is when I started to realize that indie games were really my thing. Hmm. Um, and, and not oh. every like like from this point on, not every game of the year was an indie game. But this was when I started to really start looking at indie games as more than just that cheap five dollar game that you could get on Steam. Exactly. You know, um, and and the game has to go to once again another game with an absolutely banger soundtrack and i did mention i do like don maku it has to go to fury ah now if correct me if i'm wrong you actually recently played this game yes um so when i first played fury i was in 2016 and i fell in love with it i loved the aesthetic i loved like the cel-shaded models i loved the soundtrack i still have the soundtrack to this day and still listen to it because it's that goddamn good it really got me into electronic music and like edm and stuff but um like the like the bullet hell and the combat was just so so crisp like it, it takes a little bit of getting used to it but this was a game where like this was my challenge game this was my first foray into quote-unquote challenge games stuff like dark souls and whatnot where Mm -hmm. when you messed up you knew it was your fault yeah there was no blaming you know oh no that that guy has cheating whatever this guy has you know it's impossible it's like no you messed up because you let yourself get hit you let yourself become unaware you messed up learn from your mistakes and just go and i remember hammering on this game for for hours on end at a time just because it was one of those where i i got kind of salty and kind of mad but i never got super mad i would and i would try and learn from my mistakes and it was so cathartic when i could finally beat a boss but i could never ever ever beat the final secret boss so after like a good like couple weeks to a month of trying i was just like there's other games i want to play i i just have to hang it up i at least beat the main part of the game i'm good and then recently i ended up streaming fury again for one of my one of just the indie games that i wanted to stream and i cleared that thing in one session with that secret ending included i got the best rank for that for the story mode so apparently muscle memory is a thing clearly especially when it's like two years later mm-hmm. never would have guessed uh, okay now now that i'm caught up let's move on to 2017 now i know for a fact this one was hard to pick because one i saw your list and you have like five fucking games on that thing yeah yeah so 2017 and 2018 were definitely more difficult picks also because well they're more recent so fair enough i this was when you know after i graduated college and i had Mm -hmm. time on my hands to play games Mm -hmm. again and yeah so my honorable mention for 2017 this might hurt you a little bit and it's yakuza zero yeah and I, I can I can understand. It is it is a great game. Mm-hmm. It is a wonderful game. Mm-hmm. Um, spoilers. It's also one of my honorable mentions. It is not my game of the year. It is definitely a game that is important to me because it got me into the Yakuza franchise. Same but... here because it's also the first Yakuza, Yakuza game I actually played to completion. My only you know 
familiarity with the Oculus series was through the uh, Super Best Friends playthrough of it. And mm-hmm. I love that. And I love that their playthrough of Yakuza 4, but I never could really bring myself to play the games until now. Mm. And it is fantastic. I have sunk so many hours into the cabaret minigame. Yes. <laughs> Remember my issue with grinding? That that hit the spot there, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But my game of the year has to be the game of the year that I feel like I it's weird to say overshadowed, but I do feel like it was overshadowed by the actual launching of the Switch because 2017 was the was the year of the Switch launched, guys. Really? That long? Wow. Yes. And my game is Super Mario Odyssey. Mmm. I adored this game. Again, it's a Mario game, so obviously the controls are solid. It was intuitive, but you can do stuff you can do who like moves that actually took some time to learn and skill to actually do on a regular basis, like the um, the cap jump, the uh, cap jump, dive jump. Yeah, mm-hmm. wasn't easy, and you had to do that some of that stuff for like some of the harder challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, the if, you ever watch, if you ever watch a speed run of that game, yeah, like the, the acrobatics that are required are are just amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the game is. So Super charming. The worlds are all fun to look at and just to be in. Another great Mario soundtrack. I dare anyone to not have a smile on their face when they hear Jump Up Superstar. Um, I, I'm actually thinking about it right now. Like literally. And, and smiling, the right? Moment, the moment that you like, you know, you get into New Dong City and and they have that celebration and like and, and you hear that song, like real talk, I was actually like shedding some tears of like nostalgic joy. Right, I, I just absolutely love that song, and I, I'm the reason why is I'm also kind of a little bitter about it. I feel like it was unfairly overshadowed by Breath of the Wild, and again, I that's not to say Breath of the Wild wasn't a bad game, but everyone was talking about oh Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. like why was clearly such a better game? What is everybody on? Mm-hmm. And I will, I will take, I will fight to the death on that. Thing. It's like, it's like Zelda Breath of the Wild was a beautiful game. It was a wonderful journey. It and it was it was like it felt like Nintendo Skyrim. Just mm-hmm. just toned up and not as many bugs. <laughs> but for me Odyssey was like the sequel to Super Mario 64 that I didn't know I needed. And that's saying a lot. Mhm. So let your turn, Antonio. Um, so obviously, seventeen. Obviously, Yakuza Zero is definitely an honorable mention. Um, Splatoon Two, of course, also another another really good. Don't let the existential dread turn in a set in game, but set to radical, you know, '90s themes. Um, not to mention the the expansion, the Octo expansion that came out after that, whose story was absolutely mind blowing. Um, I never thought a game like Splatoon, a game about, you know, colorful ink spraying cephalopods would like have a story that got me absolutely immersed in it. Um, it was super fun. And also to mention um, another, another wonderful addition to another amazing series, Persona 5 came out in America specifically in 2017 um, we were, we know we felt those comments coming, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
really, really good. I bought that thing day one. Collector's edition with the bag. Same. And I I played the ever living crap out of that game. I I I'm still want to get through my third playthrough so I can literally platinum the game because I'm missing like two things. Um Jesus, third playthrough. How do you find the time how do you find the spare months? Yeah, I I don't even remember. <laughs> but uh you know, Persona 5 rolls coming out as well. So I'm as much as I'm like, damn it, it's, it's like another golden situation. I'm I'm gonna probably get Persona Five Royal. Oh, I know I'm getting it. A- absolutely, it, it was the aesthetic was great. The, the the music again, just the music, and and just the characters was just super fun, super mm-hmm. enjoyable. Um, but, but that's no, not your pick. That, no, none of those. As as much as much praise as I have for all of those, none of them. Because at the end of the day. Um, the easiest way to my heart is through my rib cage and hot damn Jesus. did this game grab my rib cage toss it aside grab my heart and just wrench it i need to Yo, show you an anatomy wow. book because there's a whole few more barriers to the heart. you know what no i'm nipping. you know what yoko taro doesn't care because near automata was a goddamn masterpiece oh boy yes it was that that game was i was i was when i first heard of this game my friend was telling me at like all he would say is yeah at the end of the game it's really difficult because it's hard to do the end of the game through tears and (laughs) i was like what do you mean like like, it, it got you crying you like I never knew you was a crier, but you were crying. Really? Come on. Yeah. What kind of what, what kind of stuff is this? And I'm sitting there and I'm playing it, and like the endings stuff, like the final ending stuff is happening, and I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, okay. I I, I mean, I, I we're at this part, but I don't understand why this is heart wrenching. And then this beautiful magic happens, where you realize that you, not you, the character, but you as a player are a part of something, are, are now a part of something way beyond yourself. And, and what happens during the final ending sequence, I went from like, oh man, what, what, like, what's going on to like, even now, I'm actually kind of fighting back tears because it still chokes me up um, with just how poignant and literally just beautiful the ending is. And, and I'm being intentionally vague because I know this is an older game, but this is a game that I don't think I will ever spoil for somebody. Near Automata is absolutely a game that you need to experience. Whether it's watching somebody stream it or playing it yourself, you need to have that experience. You can't just hear it from somebody. I mean, I mean, continue listening to this podcast first of all, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. But, but, but yeah. <laughs> don't tell people to put, not put listen a, to put us, a, Antonio. Put a, put, a, put a pin in that. Wait like another like fifteen minutes. You can wait that long. <laughs> you waited this long. You can wait another fifteen minutes. But no, yeah, you're right. Nier Automata, especially when you consider where it started from with Nier. 
mm -hmm. a game that had a fantastic story but was shit in gameplay. Yeah. Give Yoko Taro the team at Platinum Games, and there was already, you knew it was going to be a hit. Yeah, absolutely. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's literally one of the first games you ever streamed, right? Uh, that was yes, that was the very first game that I had ever streamed. Wow. So add that, like, that's another reason it's so beloved in your mind. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we are on the final year before our 2019 episode, 2018. Just last year, and I still had a hard time with this one. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, my honorable mention has to go to God of War. Dad of War. Yes, Dad of Wait, War. Dad of War released last year? It did. Jeez, I, I thought it was older. No, no, God of War came out last year, and it again, I never really was played the God of War game before this one, and I think the reason why this one grabbed me is because they were they promised like you're gonna see a the only thing I knew of Kratos was that he was an angry, angry person, and most of the stuff that happened, all the bad stuff that happens, you can link it to him. It was kind of his fault. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you see in the story, in the trailer, like, you're going to see a remorseful Kratos who's trying to be better. And that really intrigued me because I am a sucker for a good redemption story. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't expecting just a, a father-son journey to really hit me hard on a fantastic backdrop of Norse mythology. Yeah. Like, like there's there's a reason why it's colloquially known as dad of war. It's not just oh because it's a father and because he has a because he has a son. Like mm -hmm. no, it is literally a father's journey, and it is it is good. It is such a fantastic story, fantastic game, and it was super fun to play. But it just barely missed out being my game of the year because my game of the year has to go to the one and only friendly neighborhood spider-man yeah what Finally, can a spider-man game that's good what oh. <laughs> clearly <laughs> clearly someone's never heard of uh spider-man on the xbox 360. i mean i didn't have an xbox growing up so actually you'd be right <laughs> I missed out. I missed out on a lot of good titles. On no, that, that animation Spider-Man game was very weird. <laughs> but mm. Spider-Man 2018 was it, it was everything I wanted in a superhero game. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I don't want to say this because it's it's I don't want to get made fun of by Dunky where you feel like you're Spider-Man. Well, no shit because you're playing a Spider-Man game. <laughs> but it was so much fun. The fun you have just going around New York and swinging was something that you hard to really grasp because I think the biggest appeal of Spider-Man is that you wanted to actually swing around the cities and making jokes. Uh, you had all his major, you had the Sinister Six show up there mm -hmm. and they were like done in this world that's so, and okay, I am rambling here because it's such a good game, but one thing I want to say is like Spider-Man is absolutely my favorite superhero of all time. I've made that clear on many occasions. Mm -hmm. And this particular Peter Parker, seeing him and his relationship with his mentor, and I don't want to spoil it yet because it's so good. 
and seeing how that goes on broke my heart. Mm-hmm. And what's and why am I excited about this also is because this is canon. This Spider-Man was a was part of the big like Spider-Verse crossover. He has his own comic series now on Marvel, Spider-Man mm-hmm. Velocity. That is so cool. Also, like really one of the best new Spider-Man suits with that giant uh, white uh, spider logo. Yeah, no one can argue me with that. And oh God, I, I, okay. Now that we're reached near the end of this episode, I am having a hard time really, really like ver- verbalizing what I love about this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, I honestly, I'd say that the fact that it leaves you almost speechless is, in and of itself, a damn good indicator. Yeah, I, I think so. I think less said the better. Like, just go play this game, and you will not regret it. Mm-hmm. All right, Antonio, take us home. All right. Uh, again, 2018, a lot of good games, a lot of really good indie games, a lot of good smaller games. Deltarune came out. Uh, that was a ride. I'm still waiting on whatever's coming next in, in Toby Fox's head. Um, Yakuza 6 came out, and Kiwami 2 also came out in America. Both of those were amazing. Yakuza 6, again, brought me to tears. That was... <laughs> like the end of Cosmo Kiryu's story and hot damn, it was an amazing ride. Um, also surprisingly, Tetris Effect. Um, I know it's just a simple game. It's a simple, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's been a classic staple of arcades and consoles. It's Tetris, but it is legitimately an experience. Like, like real talk. If you are in to electronic or like, I don't know, vaporwave chill, or chill music. Yeah. It's pretty much lo-fi hip hop beats to stack blocks too. It is really, really good though. It is that is the game that I will go to to just zen out. If I need to just literally escape the world completely for a while, I'll throw on Tetris Effect and I'll just go. I'll just I'll just stack blocks until I'm I'm ready to come out and and, and let the existential dread set in again. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, my my game of the year for 2018, there really isn't any contest considering the fact that this game is now holding the record for the longest non-MMO game that I have sunk hours into at over 600 hours. Fuck me. Monster Hunter World. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I love it. I mean, this game came out in the beginning of 20, but it doesn't matter because I've played that game. I've played that game ever since. And yeah, I've taken breaks when there there were lulls in content, but there's something there's, it's just, I finally got to take on the original. Like, like I mentioned before, I played a lot of, of like fantasy star portable that got me. And I played a lot of like soul sacrifice, both of which were monster hunter like games, but I never really got into Monster Hunter proper back then because it felt clunky. It didn't feel intuitive. Um, It felt like I was fighting the controls. And finally, Monster Hunter World comes in with with its desire to just be easier for everyone to grasp and more just intuitive. And And Capcom just making decisions to just go 
all out. Yeah, just just go all out. Like this is this is the monster hunter. I believe and and comment section. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. I think that this was their like gamble of should we just end Monster Hunter? Should we just end the Monster Hunter series on this if it didn't do well? Um, I don't know if that's true or not. That is what I've heard. Feel free uh, to uh, yell at us later for that. Yeah, feel honestly, feel free to because if it if it wasn't, then I'm glad that it wasn't. <laughs> because either way, like this this game was amazing. There were so many new people that I knew that were getting into this game, and there were old hunters that I knew that were getting into this game. Um, like I had friends that were playing since the Monster Hunter Freedom Unite days. Oh boy. They were, they were loving this and they were like, oh yeah, dude, yeah, come join our hunts. Like we'll like we'll carry you, we'll we'll help you out, we'll help you learn. It was like like it was it was again that sense of community where like, you know, we didn't need to squat up, but like if ever we were like, oh you're online and you're playing Monster Hunter, hey man, you want to do a couple of hunts just to kill some time? It's like you do it. It's like, oh yeah, no. It's like I've I'm already done like with like a lot of the end game stuff and the armor. But you, you want to take you want to take on that big giant T Rex that breathes fire for a little bit and smack him around? Hell yeah, we're gonna do that. Barney's gonna be my bitch. Yeah, and you're gonna and you're gonna feel awesome doing it. And then of course, not to mention you know Monster Hunter Iceborne, which doesn't technically count because it didn't come out in 2018. It came in 2019. Hint, hint. Yes. Yeah. But uh, that just breathed a whole new dimension into the game and literally just by itself is its own standalone game, but also just, again, it was meant to be an expansion to Monster Hunter World. I feel like it's a legitimate full-on sequel and and it's just good. Mm-hmm. But we've been speaking for over an hour. This is one of our. We, this has been a while since we did a long episode like this, but we had to. You know, we, yeah. we had to give this one its time. But we want to hear from you guys. What were what were games that we feel like we kind of overlooked? Uh, what are what are your picks for each year? We want to know. So first of all, please send us an email at ngpluspodcast.gmail.com. That's ngpluspodcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on our social medias for antonio it's you can uh find me streaming at twitch.tv slash akl trifecta you can also find me on twitter and facebook also akl trifecta and you can find me at twitch.tv slash the perpetual player one and on twitter as perpetual player and facebook and instagram as the perpetual player one now thank you guys so much for listening and if and uh we're not going to do the 2019 episode yet. We're going to wait on, on that one, but look forward to our next episode because we think it's going to be a fun one. But until then, guys, go out there. Go do amazing things. And until the next episode, I suddenly forgot our whole... Like, why did I forget our freaking life? Oh, God. That was it. Yeah. Do, see you guys in the next episode. <laughs> oh, it's, it's late. Bye. <laughs> see ya.